can you go on a, can you end up at a spiritual destination for spiritual development in a place that is less than 10 minutes from home? <laughs> and so it does journeying in, in the hero's structure sense, does it need to be Odysseus going off to fight the Trojan War to preserve the integrity of Helen of Troy and uh, so that's his call to adventure and then he returns home trials and tribulations passing through Scylla and Charybdis resisting the siren calls and uh, poking the eye out of the Cyclops etc. Thinking about the meaning of life. Salutations! Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production. I'm that guy, your host Steve the Hopeful Humanist. Today we're going to talk about ideas and flow, the good life and resources for our spiritual toolboxes. I have an interesting literary stew going on right now. I, I think it works in terms of the the mixture of the different ideas that I'm discovering as I go down these different literary avenues. We have, I, I started today off with uh, some pages from Jean-Paul Sartre's Nausea. I, I guess I'm, I'm attempting to do a, a fourth or fifth read and I found myself and, and let me just say, I struggle to properly pronounce the main character's name. So I'll, I'll make an effort here. Antoine Rocanton. Rocanton. This character seems like if I was able to have a conversation with him, if I can imagine that I'm at a, a cafe somewhere uh, in, in Paris and we were enjoying... I imagine he would be having some coffee and I would be having a nice dandelion root tea. And he's sharing with me as he finds these uh, subtle interchanges happening and he's feeling more and more estranged from himself and the world. And that he, there's this, this nauseous experience he has as he like just interacts with the ordinary objects of the day like, like a doorknob. And how it feels like the doorknob has like a personality that's attempting to kind of, in a sense, touch him as opposed to being touched because it's inanimate object. I feel like, you know, uh, in terms of whatever conversation we might be having, he might be talking to me about uh, the challenges he's experiencing with his mental health. And I feel like at some point I would be able to identify, you know, when we talk about the hero's quest, the hero's journey, in a way we can compare that temp we can use that template for a number of different experiences in life and we can talk about for instance in my previous episode how the hero's journey template from a Joseph Campbell perspective could be used for understanding what it might be like being a young person i.e. dawn who's moving towards adulthood so the movement towards a young person's 
uh, adolescence, uh, you know, this closeness to childhood and then moving into adulthood, that uh, this, this experience, we can understand it as if one is going on an adventure. And there's the call to adventure of being an adult. We talk about adulting. So imagine having this conversation and, you know, hearing the challenges, uh, the estrangement. Uh, I imagine if Antoine was of these times, uh, somehow he would be talking about the impact of uh, COVID-19 in, in the story, uh, in this, this book from Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, Nausea. He lives more or less with himself. And he's estranged uh, from himself and the world around him. And so imagine going through uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, the additional uh, sense of alienation because this character uh, likes to nonetheless go out into the world and uh, mingle with others kind of at a distance, uh, perhaps at a cafe or walking down the, the different uh, streets of, of the city and uh, just kind of being amongst the the other folks. I imagine myself at some point saying, you know, Antoine, I think uh, you could really benefit by giving yourself a prescription for some time in nature. And then all of a sudden now I'm, I'm finding that some of the ideas and, and threads that I'm coming across in terms of uh, the transcendentalists, the, you know, those American philosophical thinkers around 1830, 40, 50. And we're talking about Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. And this idea that going for a walk, in a sense, could be kind of quote-unquote medicinal. It, there are these many benefits that a person could experience when one goes out into nature. And uh, during this walk, we have a sense of uh, experiencing an inner calm. Additionally, we notice that as we look around, we have this experience of witnessing something that's beautiful. We, we have these awe-filled moments of being kind of blissed out simply by looking at a picturesque landscape. And then we, we also have the sense that even in our smallness, that we're connected to something greater than ourselves. So that there's kind of this spiritual peak-like experience that we have when we go out into nature, into the woods, into the forest. Perhaps we're looking for morel mushrooms or just enjoying here in Ontario the coming of the beautiful trillium flower. That's a protected flower. It's beautiful. It's just going into any of the local forests within the city limits. Uh, you can see this beautiful flower, you know, everywhere. And it's, it's wonderful. So I think I, I can imagine myself sharing with Antoine, you know, these are some things that, that might be helpful and that it could help you feel like you're part of something larger than yourself, have the experience of, a, of the sublime and perhaps imagining once again that Antoine is of these times, uh, you know, give us a chance to take the earbuds out and instead of, you know, pouring things into ourselves, giving an opportunity to allow us to hear the whisper of our inner voice and allow things to then pour out of ourselves. So 
The hero's quest has been really forefront in my mind's eye. I've been having conversations with Danielson about it. We've been talking specifically how you could use the hero's metaphor for, you know, one's journey or struggle with recovery, whether it's when struggling with uh, a recovery from post-concussion syndrome or perhaps um, someone's recovery from long COVID. And then, of course, we can, you know, it, it's, it has everything to do with uh, addiction and recovery from our, one's dependencies on, on substances. And so while we've been thinking about this in terms of the hero's journey and the call to adventure, and thinking about how it applies to it, you know, the young person moving towards adulthood and how it's also something that seems to fit with recovery. We were having discussions about the benefits, perhaps, of a young person, if there's the occasion to be able to go on pilgrimage, to go out into this world and to go on a mental and physical and spiritual journey. Where when we're when we're doing things like rock climbing it's not like we're doing assembly line work where our bodies you know automatically doing something because it's a repetitious action and our, our mind can drift we find that there are these times when we do certain things that inevitably our minds our thoughts and our actions the things that our body might be doing are lined up there's a, a unison in that moment that we are doing whatever it is we're doing. And I think that there could be some real benefits to going on pilgrimage or to going on sabbatical or going on a quest, to going on the hero's journey. But this time it's it's a, a journey about meaning, finding meaning, finding purpose, going out into the world. Once again, in a sense, literally and metaphorically taking the earbuds out so that we can hear the whispers of our inner voice and then we can discover who we are and learn about those things that will allow us to know thyself you know what are my beliefs what are my needs my values my intentions my interests what are these things that kind of constitute this dynamic thing that i am because we are not a thing we are a you know no thing we are dynamic being unfolding constantly and our environment influences that unfolding thing that we continue to evolve into while there's this simultaneous being and becoming. Okay, if that didn't strain your brain, uh, I'm not sure what would. But it's, it's a lot to wrap your, your head around. So the question then we were thinking about in terms of Danielson and myself about this idea of going on journey would be, okay, but... Do you have to go far or how far from, quote unquote, one's home does one have to go before you, in a sense, are doing this thing called going on pilgrimage, going on quest, uh, going on a journey? Um, you know, I guess other people are like road trip, you know, <laughs> the, the idea of pulling a, uh, a Jack Kerouac, you know, back in, you know, the beat, the times of the beatnik, where you just get on, get in a car, and you go on the road, and you allow yourself to be, you know, a leaf upon the breath of the wind, and you're taken 
to places and then in the process of being taken to places, you discover who you are because you have all these different mirror opportunities to look into the core of your being and discover you know, your authentic self. And when we're doing these things, we like to bring our journals, we like to find moments where we can have time to meditate and, and to kind of just reflect and, and to breathe. So the idea was, you know, for those of us that are fortunate and we can go on journey, wonderful, great. I mean, the idea there was always, you know, I think, you know, back in the, the 60s and 70s, the idea of young people, um, I imagine they were the baby boomers, uh, to go across the pond. Now, that was terrible. My apologies. <laughs> um, but anyhow, to uh, to go over the Atlantic and um, to just travel Europe. And, and then we would do these things called finding myself, you know, discovering who am I? Asking these, these big perennial questions. And so not everyone is privileged enough or blessed enough to have that kind of opportunity. So how far must or how far can one go and then claim to be going on uh, spiritual pilgrimage? I think another way of describing this in kind of more current terms would be the idea of a gap year. I guess after high school, before going to university, taking a year, working, kind of getting a sense of yourself. So that before you go to university and take a, you know, um, a career path that you might be slightly unsure of, there's some wavering, you know, go out and kind of get a real sense of yourself and then maybe then commit to, you know, the post-secondary experience. Or it could be that after you go and get to college perhaps or to university and, and others might just choose to go in uh, to the workforce immediately and pursue a trades and there's just so many paths that one can go on. But um, even with, you know, that direction, once again, just the idea of some, at some point having this thing called like a spiritual sabbatical or a gap year or road trip, uh, how far must one go before we can say that we are on pilgrimage? And I, I had a dream last night and I feel like the dream kind of, in a sense, has provided for me an answer to this question. So I'm just going to share an account of the dream and then try to see how it might fit in terms of answering the question. So in this dream, I was in this setting with, with others. And, you know, if I was to describe, it would be like, you know, a place that I, I wanted to be. And uh, there, there seemed to be a, a good energy, uh, a connectedness. But for whatever reason, and I believe I was on some kind of campus, like university campus, and it was also at night. And, and I left this, this place, perhaps it's like a dorm setting. And I walked down some halls to a different part of the, the building. And there was another room. And I guess that room was also a room that belonged to me. And I, I went into the room and I opened the door and there were some cats there and I needed to feed the cats. And I, you know, I needed to check in on the cats. Uh, make sure that they had their food, their water, give them some love, some intention. And there was other things in there. There was possessions. It was kind of like an extension of, of me, remnants of me. And then when it was time to go, I was going to close the door. And I noticed that uh, the door wouldn't, wouldn't lock, that if you, sh if you wiggled the door handle, that it, it would eventually kind of pop the lock out and the door would open and people would be able to have access. So I was trying to figure out, like, how can I 
jimmy the situation so that uh, the door would remain locked. And I, I did a couple of things, a couple of different little maneuvers, and uh, I situated the, the, the door in, in such a way that it seemed to be good enough. It was good enough for now. It, that it wouldn't just open if someone turned the door. They'd have to make some effort. And I was kind of thinking at that point, uh, it would become clear to others perhaps that that person didn't belong in uh, that, what I'll call a dorm room. And then I, I left and I, and I went outside with a little bit of dis-ease. And I was outside and there was a picnic table and I guess I had left my wallet on there and I was going to get my wallet. And then there are two different people outside. These uh, two, I guess, fellow students. And uh, the sense was that I guess they were known to me, that they were kind of acquaintance, acquaintances, maybe not, not necessarily friends, but people who would, you would think that would be able to be able to respect boundaries, right? You know, there's the idea of no is a complete sentence in terms of setting boundaries. And they, they had gotten my wallet and they'd given it back to me, but all my cards were missing. And I'm like, hey, give me, like, I, I need my cards. And then they give me a few more cards. I'm like, come on guys, like, this is not funny. These are important. I need these cards for different things. Give me all my cards back. And so they then gave the rest of the cards and, and left. And I had this feeling like th these are, these, these uh, two people, um, like, they're not who I thought they were, and I got to kind of keep my eye on them. Uh, kind of this sense that, you know, you, you weren't feeling safe and you weren't feeling respected. And then I, I left, and there seemed to be an, a, a lot of activity. I was outside now, moved away from that outside picnic table to the other side of the building, and uh, I had something, and there was this, this long um, drop, uh, an incline, that that was quite steep and so to walk down it you could easily lose your footing and then tumble and take a, a pretty nasty spill and I dropped something and I don't know exactly what it is that I dropped but it seemed to kind of be something that was precious to me I don't I don't know if it would have been interesting to anyone else and I was thinking I need to I need to retrieve this thing but I don't know like I'm tired, it's been a long night. And then in that, that moment in the dream, it was like I had this opportunity to reach outside of the dream in, into this kind of world. And I was alerted to that idea that I've been uh, percolating over for the last little while about the uh, hero's journey and the call to adventure. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is my journey. This is, this is my pilgrimage, right? In terms of the departure from home, the initiation, the challenge, and then eventually the return. And I'm, I'm, dis I'm discovering at that moment that I'm, I'm on journey. This is the hero's quest that's taking place. And it literally happens the minute I step out of my doorway. And, and that's the thing. If the world outside our door feels safe and familiar, that's home. It's a part of our home. But if something within that environment changes or is different, 
and creates a sense of threat, all of a sudden there's this, this transformation and the adventure is on. And there, there was that call. And I was realizing that this was my call to adventure, that I was tired, I felt unsafe, I had lost something that was important to me. And it was at the, I had dropped it down the side of this very steep hill that was precarious in terms of possibly maneuvering it. And I was determined at that point to go back to my room, my, the, the safe place that the dream had originated. And I needed to get some rope. And my hope was that by the time I got back, no one had taken that, that item that was, you know, um, nestled, that got caught and lodged uh, on uh, the side, down this, the steep hill the side of the steep hill and that's so I could return and then I could um, retrieve it and and somehow this would be living out in that moment the hero's journey so I woke up and I was thinking about the the books that I've been reading nausea by Jean-Paul Sartre nature by Ralph Waldo Emerson thinking about the call to adventure thinking about dawn and I mean the other thing I didn't share in the last podcast episode was that uh, when when Danielson and myself started thinking about dawn it, it was initially based on a, a question that I had posed to Danielson the idea that oh if we imagine dawn wanting to go on this journey this pilgrimage that I'm talking about and uh, at that point we were reading The Fall by Camus, and the central character is Jean-Baptiste Clemence, who is the, I guess, the person that's attempting to go on the hero's quest, but never actually uh, fulfills the return portion of that journey, and, and is kind of stuck in, in a limbo, and in, in a sense, a, uh, a living hell. And, uh, but, but yet, uh, sees himself nonetheless as the judge penitent, the person that has recognized and realized something in terms of the, the fallen nature of, of man or humankind, or uh, that Dawn could perhaps go on a journey down to Walden Pond, Concord, near, you know, uh, Concord, Massachusetts. What would we, we recommend to Dawn? And the idea was for me, uh, Dawn has these, ch these troubles and is wondering, is it worth it in terms of, you know, to be or not to be, you know, that Hamlet question. And, and without thought or hesitation, I'm like, uh, Don needs to go talk to, to Henry. And by going in that direction, by going on that pilgrimage, uh, Don will also be able to have not only a mentor, be, but also be out in nature and have that medicinal opportunity to heal one's uh, soul, you know, to feel well, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And so with this, this discussion about the hero's journey, when Dan initially posed the question about how far do you have to go, when I was thinking about my own personal experience, and I think it lines up with the dream, and I think this is the good news that if you're able to, you know, go out into the world and, and you have some kind of 
opportunity and you have some kind of um, privilege that is it's playing itself out and, and you go and perhaps get on a plane and go to another country and have these incredible experiences that's wonderful and and if you're able to find your mentor you know go through that process of when the student is ready the teacher appears uh, that that is a, a, a great opportunity and I think a lot of people would want that and would take that but for those that that's not an opportunity what does that mean and I think that the dream and the experience I had with uh, my post-concussion syndrome would suggest that the good news is is that even just stepping out of one's own home crossing the threshold of that front door if something has happened and there's been a shift in which you are experiencing home you can have the hero's journey as you cross over the threshold of your the front door to your own home and it, it's on in terms of figuring out how to create safety for yourself and the trials and the challenges they're not out there sometimes in the world but they're within oneself and and in terms of concussions at times uh, it can create a whole bunch of different internal experiences that are very difficult and one of them might be debilitating anxiety and that what that means is debilitating anxiety is you do this thing called avoid avoid the world and simply rising up to the challenge of standing up to one's anxiety is a way to engage in the hero's journey so yeah I was excited that somehow I guess inwardly um, there was some uh, unconscious workings at play and I had this dream and I, I feel like it uh, opened me up to I think uh, a credible response or answer to that question can you have or can you experience or go on a pilgrimage that is not far from one's home and I would think that the answer is yes it just means the initiation is more or less within one's you know immediate neighborhood or community and that the return is more of a internal transformation so what are your thoughts what do you think in in the modern world does a person have to go on the hero's journey in the traditional sense before we can call something a journey do we need to leave our village in search of some sacred text do we need to find a way to survive the day because we're being tracked by a saber-toothed tiger or in the modern world does the idea of a journey look different and we could even bring in the idea of the metaverse and virtual reality I'm just sharing that as kind of spontaneous thought in the moment but you know I guess I, I just want to be open to the idea that perhaps some might think you know you're going too far like words need to mean something you know 
a journey is a journey and a vacation is a vacation and a trip is a trip and a mission is a mission. And they can't be used interchangeably. They're different things and they they point to different things and we need to not get confused about what it is that we're talking about. But at the same time, language is evolving. It's dynamic. It's changing. Now, someone might say, oh, I mean, if we're not careful, uh, someone might suggest that in terms of the difficulty of getting out of bed and getting to work, that uh, they might be starting off their day by saying, I'm going to go on a journey to Tim Hortons to get myself a muffin. And in that sense, perhaps, perhaps we're going too far. But what, there's an article, and I'll just read the headline. It's uh, from a magazine called The Insider. I'm accessing it online. And it says, South Korea is paying young people who refuse to leave the house 500 a month to attend school, go to work, and restore their daily lives. It goes on to say, South Korea is offering isolated young people 500 a month to get them to leave their homes and reconnect with society and restore their lives. Uh, reclusive youths aged 9 to 24 are eligible for a monthly allowance, uh, the ministry said. They won't have to prove they're going outside to continue receiving the money, the spokesperson added. They're just trying to give an incentive to these young people who have been identified or termed as hermit type loners and so for and and it goes on to say uh, these teens and young adults tend to shut themselves at home for months for prolonged periods of time dodging school and work for months even years it's similar uh, to what's happening in uh, a phenomenon that's happening in japan where uh, the number of shut-in youths stands at around one million per estimates Young people start to isolate themselves because of personal trauma, bullying in school, academic stress, family conflict, or a lack of care from their guardians or parents. So in this sense, if you know, we look at a young person who, and in another article that I read, they're saying that um, some of these young people, because of shame and feeling that they're not bringing honor to their family, are living in their rooms they're not even leaving their room to walk out into the hall to access the family washroom and so they're doing everything in their bedroom in this sense if if, if that young person said that they were coming and they were going to go to tim hortons on a journey to tim hortons to get a muffin i think that that would in that particular case identify something monumental that's happening and very much that would be a journey an adventure the hero's quest to overcome debilitating anxiety so i guess the the thesis i'm putting down would be you know, in response to the question, how far does a person have to go before one could, you know, fairly say that the thing that I'm doing, 
thing as I go from point A to point B and I experience certain challenges is in fact a journey. You know, how far does a person have to go um, for that to be a fair statement to make? Would it be fair to say that for someone who's struggling with chronic illness, perhaps long COVID, or someone who's dealing with the debilitating effects of a concussion, post-concussion syndrome, or someone who is living the life of a shut-in in South Korea or Japan, and I'm sure we have to have those instances here in Canada as well. Could there be some benefit to looking at the experience that a person's having and framing it as the hero's quest, the hero's journey, and looking at oneself as a person who has something um, of a challenge, but a challenge that is approachable, a challenge that's mountable, and in 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 terms of this frame, we'd be able to ask certain things that maybe would be helpful, you know, in terms of this, this adventure, this journey, we can kind of explore our resistance to accepting the journey, our reluctance, perhaps, to believing in ourselves, or to believing that change is possible. We could look for tools, as uh, the hero often goes on a journey and has some special items, uh, tools to navigate the journey. You know, in The Hobbit, it was the ring that Frodo and Bilbo both used as they went forward with their journeys. With Luke Skywalker, it was the lightsaber. It could be a book of knowledge that is opened up and paged through. In addition to this, we might ask ourselves, who could we look towards? Who could we reach out to, to be our mentor, our Yoda, our Obi-Wan Kenobi? What kind of relationship could we build with that person so that we could be inspired and we could arrive at a point where we do believe that the journey is possible and that recovery is within the realms of reach. And then we can ask ourselves, you know, in terms of the departure, the leaving from home, whatever home might look like, and then the initiation and the return, that if our departure is in fact... Um, not a matter of, you know, leaving uh, a place and traveling hundreds of miles, but maybe just stepping out the front door of our home. What would it look like for us to experience a return, a transformation? How will we be equipped to do things differently in this world? Uh, so perhaps that we're not paralyzed by debilitating anxiety or... Um, an illness that's holding us back in some ways. So I think that there could be a lot of benefit to 
exploring, framing some of the modern experiences that we're having that are difficult to navigate. I think it could be beneficial to, to frame those experiences as the hero's journey. In my previous episode, we kind of looked at how the hero's journey could be perhaps helpful in terms of equipping young people to step into adulthood. And now I, I, I think that it could be informative to kind of look at the hero's journey and ask ourselves in terms of, you know, the distance, the actual distance we travel, is that in the modern world critical before we could understand what's happening or what's unfolding uh, in terms of this thing called the hero's quest, the hero's journey, the hero's adventure. So some food for thought, uh, tip of the iceberg conversation as always. Hopefully, if nothing else, uh, some ideas have been stimulated and some additional conversations might be able to ripple out into the field of influence. So I wish you a wonderful moment. Peace, take care, be well, and share. I'm Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. There always has to be a, a home, uh, you know, whether that's physical or you know, with a relationship, but, and I, th- I think that's a big part of it, right? The, in context of the, the hero's journey, and for Don, uh, you know, does Don have have a sense of home, and and uh, what what can he do to what what could be a, a call to adventure, and uh, I guess just being kind of mindful and and altering perspective, and that's. Uh, I'm kind of going through uh, nature again, and and that's what uh, Emerson is saying. You know, you uh, he's on a train, and, and you're speeding through uh, a landscape, and and your perspective is always changing, right? Or you uh, appreciate nature uh, by uh, thinking as a child, right? And and that wonder of, of seeing. Um, you know, like engrossed in a caterpillar or, uh, you know, looking at, uh, at a horizon as if you've never seen it before. And then with Emerson kind of moving beyond that to, uh, you're, uh, you're a poet, right? And, uh, you know, what, what you see in the, the material world is, is filtered through, uh, your, creative capacity and, and it produces uh, or attempts to mirror the, the beauty that is kind of before us and uh, I don't know if that answers the question of <laughs> what what can Dawn do but uh, so a call to adventure and then a, a journey uh, perhaps trials involved and then a return to home and uh, having changed and, and having a, a new perspective. Thinking about the meaning of life.